All right, while you're still standing, would you pray with me? Would you pray this prayer? You don't have to say anything out loud, but you can just say in your heart, God, if there's anything you want me to hear this morning, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, if there's anything you want me to hear this morning, I'm willing to listen. And God, we pray that in everything today, you'd be glorified. People watching this, experiencing this would be edified, and that Satan would be horrified. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Just a few housekeeping things. Uh, I have notes printed out. I'm sure there's notes in the app that you could follow, but there's hard copy notes on the black table there underneath the tent, or Jim Bonjourno, one of our elders, has some in the back in his hand. If you would like some notes, just raise your hand. He'll come around and get some to you. Leave your hand up until he gets there. Uh, and while we're doing that, do we have any volunteers for the nursery? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no tricking people. No tricking people. Sorry about that. Uh, we, we're doing really good heading toward reopening our children's ministries church. We're excited about that. So the next Sunday we have infants and then Two weeks after that, we'll have our little toddlers and Sunshine Park opening. So we're doing it in stages, and we're getting there. And so uh, look for that coming. And we are looking for more volunteers. It takes people. And so be thinking about, how am I serving coming out of COVID? How am I serving at Oakwood? And we sure appreciate having you here. Uh, let's see. I've covered that, and I've given the band some time. Well, they did really good. Thank you, guys. I appreciate having a worship team and, and calling them and saying, hey, we're going to try to do it outdoors. And you never know what you're going to get. You never know if the sun's going to be bearing down and it's going to be 90 uh, and things are going to be fritzing out on us. You never know if it's going to be windy and everything's blowing away. And so let's just thank our worship team one more time. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. So appreciate that. Well, listen, this is a special Sunday. It's Sydney Sunday. Everybody say Sydney. Sydney Sunday. And I want to just make sure you understand. I called the family and I said, listen, I've been tiptoeing around this now for several weeks. Can I just tell the people? I don't want to, we were careful and we don't break people's privacy, but I think you guys deserve a full understanding because I know, I know every senior last year lost their dream graduation and, and so many people didn't get the graduation they wanted. But the family said, go ahead and tell them the whole story. So you understand in context. Sydney is such a sweet, sweet uh, student and, and, and somebody who comes and serves at our church. We've always loved Sydney, and Sydney loves people. She just loves you guys. She loves Oakwood. She loves her church family. What happened is, as, as a senior this year, Sydney was so looking forward to graduating and having an open house just because she likes being around people. And then what happened is, right before graduation, her dad and her brother tested positive for COVID. COVID. Dad actually ended up in the hospital, and it was a little scary there for a while, but he was only there for a little bit, and the big turnaround, he believes that the prayers of the people really made a difference, and he was able to come home. Both dad and brother are doing fine today, but because of that situation, uh, Tiffany and Sydney, mom and, and daughter, they couldn't go attend graduation. They weren't allowed to go because they're supposed to be quarantined, and so she missed out on that, but mom thought, hey, let's, let's at least put her in her cap and gown and have her in her backyard and we'll watch graduation live. And and that was fine except for most of you understand that they're not going to read everybody's name of people who don't show up and 
And so when you go to graduate, you usually hold your name in, in your hand, and then as you walk up, you hand it to somebody, and they read it. Well, because because Sydney wasn't there, her name was never read. So not only couldn't she go to her graduation or have her open house, but she stood in her backyard in cap and gown, and they never said her name. And that was hard. She just was so disappointed. I heard that story, and I thought, we can redeem that. We can make that right. And so I'm, I'm hoping you understand as a church, we love all of our graduates. We honored all of our graduates earlier. But I've only heard of this one case where COVID actually ruined uh, somebody's experience. And so we're not leaving anybody out, but we are saying, let's love on Sydney. Is it okay that we love on Sydney today? Thank you. Thank you. And so the best way I can think of, of, of loving on somebody is embarrassing them. So Sydney, come on up here. Sydney, come join me. Give her a hand, everybody. I love it. Sydney Adams, graduate of Brandon. We're going to do the full reading at the end of the message today, but I asked Sydney if she'd come stand right here by me, and we would uh, do a little illustration for you about my message today. We're in this whole series of once this, now that, and you can fill in the blanks. We did once slaves, now sons, once weak, now strong, and this morning it's once without faith, now full of faith. And we did a couple of weeks ago with versus without. Remember when I talked about with is so much better than without? Because without can be a terrible thing. Remember when I said that over and over again? Say it with me. Without can be Yes, without can be a terrible thing. I talked to you about going without coffee. Oh, that's awful. I talked to you about the time when my shorts fell off when I was tubing behind a boat. That's awful. Without can be a terrible thing. But this morning, the verse actually says that word without. And I thought, man, we have graduates and we want our gra- we want to leave our graduates with so many things, don't we? Everybody say with. We do. So Ben's going to help me out, youth pastor. We, we definitely want to feed our graduates. Go ahead and hold on to those for me, Sydney. We're going we're gonna to feed our graduates. We, we, we feed them. And, and, and they asked this morning when I told her what she was having to hold on to, if there was actually pizza in there. Sorry, no, that was my family's dinner last night. It's just empty boxes. But it's to represent food. Everybody say food. Yeah, hold on to it with both hands because you got more coming, Sydney. And and I did this illustration years ago, Shane Moore. Remember this? Shane Moore was our graduate and I, I used him. But Sydney's our Sydney Sunday day with food. But we also want to leave them with knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. So we, oh goodness, you got that, Sydney? Hold on there. No, yeah. Okay. And there's a couple more books there. We think Sydney ought to know a couple more things. Give her at least one more book. At least one more. Uh, three more. Just two more. There you go. Two. Perfect. Thank you, Sydney. Sydney's really smart, so we're going to give her knowledge like crazy. We got food. Everybody say food. We got knowledge. And then, you know what? We, we, we got to uh, have a roof over her head. We got to have, you know, every parent needs to provide food and, and some wisdom, but also some shelter. So go ahead, Sydney, if you could just hold on to that with something. We got, we just, something, got that? All right, and we lost Sydney. She's underneath there. There she is. Uh, and, and not only just, just a, a roof over her head, but boy, you know parents, helicopter moms and everything. We, we really want to protect our kids. And so, well, well it's okay. That's all right. We, we give our kids a lot, but sometimes they can't hang on to it all. Uh, uh, I got some bubble wrap because we want to protect our kids, don't we? Amen. Whoo, Sydney, where'd you go? You still there? All right, I'll come underneath the house with you. All right, so we want to we just protect our kids, right? And so, Ben, could you help me with that? 
bring that around there and let's just bubble wrap Sydney here in the back if you could just perfect perfect nice nice and then uh, not only do we want to give them food everybody say food shelter knowledge but we we are oh, in protection and, and, and then Sydney we want to have fun too so go ahead and just perf, perfect so we, we want to leave them with all this stuff everybody say fun we, we want so many things for our kids. See, with is great, and without can be a terrible thing. Everybody say it. Without can be a terrible thing. All right, let's free Sydney up, man. Go ahead and let's... All right. Like, oh, oh, no, we lost her cap. Oh, my goodness. Got her. Yeah, we're going to unbubble wrap you. There you go. Can you step out of it? All right, give her a hand, everybody. Here's your hat. Thank you, Ben. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, Sydney. Without can be a terrible thing. There's a verse in the Bible. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. Without. Without can be a terrible thing. And I'm amazed at how much parents pour into their kids' lives with food and knowledge and shelter and protection and all these things we want our kids to have with them. And then sometimes we forget one of the most important things. We want to leave our kids a legacy of faith. With faith. I've talked to many youth pastors around the country and we do find it amazing that we, we, we watch parents who will take their kids to the university and, and they'll get them there and you know they're going to Target first and they're buying everything at Target. Little mini fridges and, and all the carpets and the, the futons and, and we leave our kids at college with so many things but hardly does a parent take their kid around and help them find the church that they'll attend. With faith with faith. Without can be a terrible thing. So if you have your notes today, I've just got several parts of faith. No PowerPoint, so it's a little hard for me to preach this morning, but I'll try to follow your notes. The first thing I see is the priority of faith. There has to be a priority of faith. Hebrews 10, 37-39, it's leading into the chapter we're preaching on today, Hebrews 11, but in Hebrews 10, verse 37-39, it says, For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I give you this verse to set up why verse or chapter 11 is in Hebrews. Chapter 11 is the hero's hall of faith and it's there because we learn in Hebrews 10, God wants us to keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's why we as a church have committed every year the, the weeks leading up to our election. We're not going to be telling you who to vote for. We think you should go and vote. But we want to be praying for our country. Praying for our community. Praying for our church. Because we are people with faith. And we believe in God. And so that is how we are Christians in an age of chaos. We do it with faith. 
How many of you participated on Thursday? You, you in some way took some time to pray. The day of prayer in Michigan. It was a day of prayer, fasting, and humiliation. And I was so thankful at the last minute, the elders said, well, we should gather. People might want to gather. And so we added a, a prayer time Thursday night. And, and Jim Bongiorno, thank you. Jim's always willing to help in prayer. It's one of his key strengths. He loves prayer. And so he said he would be there. I had a, a wedding uh, rehearsal I had to be at. And I said, Jim, I got to go do that. I said, Holly. And Jim said, I'll do it. And I thought, well, it really doesn't matter. It'll just be Jim and maybe me coming late. But I got here at 7.30, and at 7 it started, and I got here, and there was a circle full of people praying in our church. I know you might not have been able to make that specific time, but we are people with faith. Everybody say with. And so we go to God. The Bible says, I'm not pleased with the one who shrinks back. I want to encourage you today, don't be one who gives up on faith. Don't shrink away from faith, but live in faith, because without can be a terrible thing. Romans 1, 18-20 talks about those that do not have faith in God or do not believe in God. Romans 1, 18-20, it says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. This morning as we look at Hebrews 11, it's written for believers. But we do got to address the fact that many people do not believe that God exists. Many people today mock people who have belief. Since this terrible week of things happening politically, it's awful to watch the news. But but we, we see on TV, the late night talk show hosts, people mocking people who have faith. Just mocking them, calling them expletive idiots because they believe in God. That's sad. This passage in Romans 1 says, God has placed himself in the heart of every man. Whether you believe in him or not, he has made himself seen. And my whole message today is not to give you proofs for God, but real quickly, I just want to let you know, you're not crazy if you believe in God. There is more evidence because God put the evidence there. So just to bolster your faith today, because you'll run into people and say, really, you go to church? Really, you believe in God? That's so old school. (laughs) There's some quick arguments for the proof of God's existence. The first is cosmological. The fact that there is something rather than nothing needs an explanation. Look around. I mean, Art, sitting there in his red shirt there in the aisle. Art, you're here. Something happened, Art. (laughs) Something happened. Art's, Art's here. You're here. Look around. There must be a cause behind the corresponding effect. The universe is in effect. Something has caused it. In Romans 1, it says that God put that evidence in the heart of every man so they're without excuse. That's a cosmological. There's a teleological, which means the complex nature of the universe implies there must be a designer behind its structure. In other words, if you have a watch, there must be a watchmaker. If anybody would come upon a watch sitting on a counter and walk up to it and seeing that it's 
ticking and it's telling time. Who would think that that watch accidentally blew together all of its pieces and is sitting there ticking and keeping time? Who would think that that happened on its own? No, if you have a watch, it's clear evidence somebody made that watch. We can't use mine as an example, by the way. Mine hasn't worked in over a year. I got this watch. I preach in it every time I preach, whether at camps or in front of people. I wear it because my former church gave it to me as a gift. It's a Harley-Davidson Boulevard watch. Really nice. Only problem is you put a new battery in, destroys the watch. Every time I've given it to a jeweler, they put a new battery in, I come back and they hand it to me in a baggie because they say, we don't know how to put it back together. It's awful. And so now I just wear it. So don't look at my watch as evidence. But if you've got a watch that's ticking and keeping time, pull out your iPhone or your other phone if you don't have as good of an iPhone. Pull out a phone and look at it. Do you think that that just happened? That phone that you have that could call people and tell you which direction you're facing and what the temperature is tomorrow or next week? Do you think that that happened on its own? When you see something that's intelligently designed, there must have been a creator. Teleological. There's the moral dilemma. All people seem to have a conscience that sends signals of right and wrong. A moral creator who put this standard in all humans best explains that universal trait. Again, I've told you, if somebody believes in, in chaos theory or if they believe in all morals, anarchy, just hit them over the head with a two-by-four. And they're going to say, ah, that's wrong. Everybody knows right from wrong in their heart. In the heart of every man is a moral compass. That didn't just happen. It didn't just blow there in the wind. It's placed there by a creator. On the news several years ago, we watched as as somebody was beaten and, and left in the streets in Philadelphia. And the cameras on the streets watched as people walked across the body laying in the street. They walked across it and kept going. It was minutes until somebody saw the person laying there and came and rendered aid. That went viral and everybody said, that's wrong. Why? Why is that wrong? How do you know that that's wrong? The fact that there's a God who put morals into the heart of every human being is one of the proofs. There's cosmological, teleological, moral, experiential is another proof. Lots of otherwise rational, responsible people believe in God and claims that He answers their prayer, guides them, comforts them in time of need. They claim He's changed their lives, given them hope, and made a difference in their values. Amen? This isn't the only proof of God's existence, but you and I, we're proof. We say, I believe in God. I believe He's real. You ask me how he kn- I know He lives, He lives within my heart. There's spiritual hunger. As a proof of God's existence. Since the earliest of time, humankind has been incurably religious. There is a drive in the human psyche that compels us to seek out a higher power, a source for our existence, some explanation for who we are and why we're here. It's in the heart of every man. Like it's been said, there's a God-sized hole in everyone's heart that only God can fill. There's also the Bible. The Bible demonstrates itself to be more than a mere book. It's the actual Word of God. Through the Bible, the living God has revealed Himself to the world. And then lastly, there's Jesus. Amen? Somebody say yes. There's Jesus. God Almighty in human flesh. If someone wants to know who God is and what He looks like, he only needs to look at Jesus. Jesus said that. You want to know who God is? You want to know what He's like? Then look at me, because I am the Father and He is me. 
All those are just simple, quick, if you want that list, email me this, this week and I'll email that to you. But I don't want that to be the focus of my message because the focus isn't for those who do not believe. If you do not have faith today, I can't sit here and argue you into it. God has to do something in your heart to draw you to himself. But this message is for us, those who believe, who are with faith. The priority of faith is to keep the faith, and now it's the foundation of faith in your notes. This book gives us the foundation of faith. God's existence is assumed in this book, and it's explicitly stated. That's in your notes if you want to fill that out. God's existence is assumed, first six words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. It's assumed in Scripture that God exists. Secondly, it's implicitly stated. Isaiah 45.5, I am the Lord, there is no one other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me. The Bible states that God is real. He is the creator of all things. And there is no other God. That's the foundation of faith. How about the definition of faith? Now we're in Hebrews 11. Everybody got Hebrews 11 on your app or some kind of a way to look at Hebrews 11? It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Our Bible tells us what faith is. First of all, faith is time-oriented. Hope will become reality. For us as believers, you need to know that. Hope will become reality. It's time-oriented. It's also space-oriented. We don't see God, but He is seen. How many of you believe in a God who is unseen? Amen? And, and how would you believe that? It's not seen. The world would say, unless you can touch it. Unless you can touch it and experience it. And yet, we who believe in God, we know He is real. We know He is alive. And so the unseen is seen by faith. That's faith. That's faith. I have to keep reminding us that this is not heaven. And so when we talk about having faith, so many people would say, well, where is God? Look how crazy this place is. Look how chaotic it is. I had to do another funeral this week. I don't know, those of you who've been around Oakwood since the white building over on Baldwin Road, Jim Goodrich, I don't know if you remember James Goodrich and his wife Joanne, Jim passed away, had a complication after surgery. They were really instrumental. I talked to Janella and Janella told me, good friends of the of church, um, a lot of them got married in the white church building over there on Baldwin Road. Uh, Jim went in for surgery, complications, he died. They weren't expecting that. He was 80 years old, but didn't expect him to pass. I went over and did a funeral, and it's so hard because you want to give hope. And I didn't know him at all. I didn't know him. I didn't know the family. And then I got there, I called my wife, uh, because sometimes I have to walk in and do really hard funerals. I called her on the way home, and I said, no, it was really good. They believed. They were people of faith. And it's so easy to talk about death when they know that there's hope. Everybody say hope. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. We sat in a graveyard on Friday at noon. Beautiful day. But there was nobody there without hope. Because we knew that Jim knew Jesus. Joanne knew that she'd see him again someday. People in the world would say, well, that's crazy. How do you know? Well, 
unless you're with faith, you, you have a hard time understanding that. It's the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's time-oriented and it's space-oriented. Let's move on to the examples of faith. And this is where people probably expected me to preach today is all those examples. And I think sometimes that's a great thing that we need to go through our examples of faith. But but this morning I decided I wasn't going to take all my time just to talk about all these examples, but to know that they are there. Hebrews 11 and verse 2, it says, For by it, faith, for by it the people of old received their commendation. And so we have a whole list, and I'm not going to read that whole list, of people with faith. talks about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Daniel, Jeremiah, Elijah, Elisha, Zechariah, Isaiah. All examples of people with, everybody say with, with faith. If I were to spend my time just giving you the examples, you might get lost in that and you might go home today saying, but I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have a Noah kind of faith. This morning I want to encourage you. It's not about your ability to have faith. It's not about the quantity of your faith. I I saw this. I had to share it with you. Thinking of Noah. Noah is amazing. Somebody wrote down the top ten things that everybody knows from the ark. Ready? Everybody say yes, PD. Top ten things that you can know. Everybody needs to know from Noah's ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. Number two, Remember, we're all in the same boat. That's a good thing to remember. Number three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah started building. (laughs) Number four, stay fit. When you're 80 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. Number five, don't listen to critics. Just get the job done. Six, build your future on high ground. (laughs) Seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. Eight, speed isn't always an advantage. Don't forget, there were snails on board with the cheetahs. Nine, when you're stressed, float a while. (laughs) And number ten, remember the ark was built by amateurs, the Titanic was built by professionals. (laughs) Faith, faith. We can look through that list and see some incredible examples of faith. But I don't want you to get lost on today. I don't want that to be the only thing you think of when we think about faith today. Those examples were there just to boost you and encourage you to be a person of faith. I don't know how Noah did it. For 40 years he built that ark while people were criticizing and mocking him. I don't know how he did it, but he kept the faith. Kept the faith. He was faithful instead of faithless. So what's the emphasis of our faith then? If if I don't have to be Noah, if I don't have to be Daniel, then what do I need? Well, the emphasis of faith is found there in in, in, in Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. Did you hear that? What's the emphasis of your faith? It's not about the quality of your faith. It's not about how much you believe. It's simply two things. God is, and He rewards. Learn it this morning. God is real, and He rewards. Real rewards. Say it with me. Real rewards. That's all you need. 
You need to know that God is real. Do you believe today that God is real? Put your faith that He does exist. I believe that He's real. And the other part is important. He rewards those who believe. Friends, get this right. Because the examples there that were given, those people did not all receive their reward here. A lot of those people struggled while they were here. And that's not to be lost in the Heroes Hall of Faith. A lot of those examples suffered greatly. And we need to understand, what is the reward? Yes, there's blessings here. Amen. I love our blessings. God is so good. Oh, He's so good to us. The fact that we can have sunshine and and meet together and have friendship. The fact that God blesses us and our needs are met and we do have food and, and we have a family. All these things are wonderful blessing, but this, this life is not our reward. That's why we're looking for that blessed hope. Our future reward. All of those people that were mentioned didn't even have, listen to this, eyeballs here. All of the people listed in the Heroes Hall of Faith didn't even have Jesus. They didn't know Jesus on the cross. It hadn't happened yet. They lived by faith in two things. God is real and He rewards. And you know what? That reward is a future reward. That's something we look forward to. I believe that God is. And I believe that He will take me home someday and I will have no more pain and no more sorrow. No more tears. God is and He rewards Consequence of faith. Consequence. The first part of Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So without faith, it's impossible. But with faith, God is pleased. Do you believe today? Have you, put, have you crossed that line of faith and said, Okay, God, I'm all in. I don't know all the answers. I can't, I can't explain all of theology in deep detail. But God, I step over and say, I do believe you are. And I believe that you will reward those who believe in you. Someday, when Jesus comes to take his bride home, the church, we will live in an eternal reward. We believe that. I have faith. If you have that, God is pleased. You don't have to leave here today saying, I'm going to be Moses. I'm going to be Noah. I'm going to be Elijah. You don't have to be them. You be you and believe that God is and that he rewards that is the consequence of faith. What's the result of faith? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he had just given all those heroes of the faith. Since we're surrounded by so many examples, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know what I'm learning as I look at this passage? Again, it's not about the depth and quality of your faith. That needs to grow over time. What the, what God is asking for in Hebrews 10 and then Hebrews 11 is to keep the faith. Don't shrink back. The example given is of a runner who throws off all the heavy weights. Boy, I've been to high school. What do they call those things? Track meets? Ever been to a track meet? I've never seen anybody running the track with a backpack and army boots on. Never. No, they wear these special shoes and they, they wear these really skimpy silk outfits. It's kind of, kind of embarrassing when you look at a runner. Sorry, sorry, Mrs. Sovis, you're a runner person. They, don't they, don't they? Am I right though? When they run, they run in that light, loose clothing. They don't carry their backpack with them. They don't, they're not hindered. Why? Endurance. Everybody say endurance. 
Friends, listen to me. This is so important today. I'm not telling you not to grow in your faith. We should all be growing in our faith. But you can know God is pleased if you realize He is and He rewards. Put your faith in God. He's pleased and endure. Do you believe it today? Will you believe it tomorrow? Will you believe it November 4th? Listen, church. Don't shrink back. Don't go away. Keep the faith. Everybody say, keep the faith. we got to keep the faith. The focus of faith is the last thing. I love how all this came together. And in Hebrews 12.2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 11, that hero's hall of faith. Yes, there's some great examples of people who live by faith, but you and I were on those same roles. And we have the focus of our faith. It's Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Oh, we are so blessed that we have what the the heroes of old did not have. We have Jesus. We now know, looking back in history, that Jesus, God's Son, died on the cross for our sins. And then if any time in your life you come to Him and say, God, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life as my Savior and Lord. You too are promised reward. (laughs) Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is? Do you believe that He rewards? I don't want to give that message without having a response today. I looked at a couple verses. One is Jeremiah 29.13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, the Bible simply says, look to see Him. Seek Him and you will find Him. Seek and you will find Another verse, it's found in Isaiah 55, 6. It says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Seek the Lord when He may be found. What does that mean? Friends, there's coming a day when it's going to be too late to seek the Lord. The Bible has made it very clear there's coming a day when Jesus will call His bride, the church, all the, those who believe and who had faith that God is and He rewards, He's going to call them home. And at that point, it is too late. It's too late to start seeking God at that moment. Now is the time, the Bible says. Today is the appointed day of salvation. If you've wondered about God and you've never made this commitment across that line of faith, today is the day. Don't push that off. Seek the Lord while He may be found. You will find Him. Then the Bible says call upon Him. How do you do that? I believe that you can ask God to save you at any moment. Even today where you sit, you can say a prayer similar to the one I've already shared with you. God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of that sin and come into my life as my Savior and Lord. The Bible says that if you put your faith in Him and ask Him to forgive you of your sins, you will be saved. That's a guarantee. Faith. The illustration is that chair. So many different chairs came today. You all put them down. You brought them from home. Have you ever sat in a chair that you weren't so sure about? I, I, I went to Brazil several times. And in Brazil, everybody has, uh, it's all marble. A lot of stone in Brazil. So all the backyards is not grass. A lot of it, half of the backyard is tile flooring. And the missionary went to had these plastic chairs. You ever see those plastic chairs? You know, the, you know what I'm talking about, plastic chairs. You stack them. Well, when you're a fluffy person, 
let's just say fluffy, okay? When you're a fluffy person, I don't like those plastic chairs. You know what I really don't like? I don't like those plastic chairs on slippery tile. You know what I really don't like? I don't like sitting on a plastic chair on tile right after it rained. Anybody ever have that happen to them before? There's nothing worse than going sitting on that plastic chair on a wet tile floor and you sit and all four legs just go whoop, hit the ground. Then you come out of it and you know what happens? That chair shoots up about 10 feet in the air. And everybody laughs. Quit picking on fluffy people, people. It's hard. If you've ever sat on a chair you're not sure about, I guarantee you, you don't go flopping down in it. You're, you're cautious. You're weary. The Bible would say that faith is putting yourself all in. If you're here today and you've wondered about God and you're not sure about God, let me just tell you, it's time to sit completely in faith. It's time to sit completely rested in Him. God, I don't know how it all works out. I don't understand all these incredible hard things in Scripture. But I do believe that you exist and that you'll reward those who believe in you. Can you say that today? If you can say that today and you've never done that before, then today is the day you can be saved. Because with faith pleases God. But without, without can be a terrible thing. Say that with me one last time. Without can be a terrible thing. Let's pray together. While you're getting ready to pray and nobody's looking around, I just want to ask you today, has there been a time in your life when you've said, God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life as Savior and Lord. If that's happened for you, that's a great thing. But if that's never happened in your life and you're ready to say today, I want to be with faith. I I don't want to leave here without faith. If you're here today and you would say, say that very prayer, God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life as Savior and Lord. If you're ready to do that today, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand wherever you're at and look at me so I know. God, I need this. God, I need this. Yes, amen. God, I need this. Without can be a terrible thing. But Father God, we come to you now knowing that with Jesus is so much better. It's so great having that focus of our faith. We can look now and know that it has been taken care of. God, those examples in the Old Testament, oh, they they had faith. They had faith, but now we have the substance of our faith. We see what Jesus has done, and we're thankful. So, Father, I do pray we'd be encouraged today, that we would not shrink away, but that we would keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Even when times are hard and difficult and disappointing, and we don't see how things are going to get better, help us to keep the faith. We don't need to know how everything's going to work out, but we know that you are. And you reward those who have faith in you. God, help us to live our lives in that way every day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I didn't have the chance to meet our representative from Brandon Schools. Is, is it Dan Stevens here? Is somebody from Brandon Schools here? <laughs> what, what time is it? Oh, he's coming. Wonderful. Yay. Go ahead and come on up here. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Cleared the stage so that we had room. Sydney, are you getting ready? I've already explained to you today about what Sydney lost and how we are excited that we can do this this, this morning. Here's the plan. We're going to uh, let the uh, representative... Are you Dan? 
Dan Stevens, great. This is Dan Stevens, the principal of Brandon Schools. Thank you for coming. Dr. Emeritus, I don't know what to call you, sir, but I'm thankful that you came. Thank you that you're representing the Brandon Schools. We haven't had a chance to meet, but we have a diploma. We have a principal, and we're going to have our graduate come over here and stand off to the side, sweet Sydney. You can't come up until we hear some pomp and circumstances. And until we have that moment, we'll wait for that. I'll give this, well, I'll hold it. I'll hold it, and I'll do that part. Go ahead. I'm going to ask Dan to say a few words. Go ahead and use this mic, sir. I did, I did prepare a few words, and thank you so much for having me. The Brandon, Oxford community, which is close. Great communities, great people out here. And I, I think it's an honor for me to come up here and um, present this to Sydney. If you don't mind me just saying a few words. Go for it. I would appreciate it. Good afternoon. As, as he said, my name is Dan Stevens, and I am the principal of Brandon High School. One of the most joyous parts for me every school year is the commencement ceremony. We get to see the fruits of our students' labors for 13 years of hard work finally paying off. So, when I was invited by Reverend Jackson to come to be a part of Sydney's great day, I jumped at this opportunity. When we first started planning graduation back in March, <clears throat> we never could have predicted we'd end up here celebrating your school graduation in a church. There were a lot of things I never could have imagined pre-COVID, including wearing a face mask when I leave the house, <laughs> disinfecting my groceries, meeting with people for meetings on Zoom, or putting a gallon of hand sanitizer on me every single day before I leave. <laughs> As principal, I don't know how much direct impact I have on students' overall success, but I do know I have had a great opportunity to lead a building that has produced thousands of students that have gone on to do amazing things. Sydney is no doubt... Oops, sorry, the wind got it. <clears throat> Sydney is no doubt going to be one of these students. She is one of those people that light up the room with positivity and an infectious smile, works hard on her studies, and is just overall a tremendous human being who always treats others the way we would hope to be treated in return. Hardly a morning went by where I didn't see Sydney in the hallway where she didn't say hello to me. It is the little things like this that make BHS great. She truly exemplifies what it means to be a Brandon Blackhawk as a student. And on a personal note, if my two daughters end up anything like her by the time they graduate, I will be overjoyed with accomplishment. Ladies and gentlemen, Sydney Adams. Sydney Adams. Congratulations, sweetheart. Stay right there, Sydney. Oh, that felt right to get that in, didn't it? Wonderful. Here's what's going to happen is you are all invited to stay and over there underneath the yellow tent, there's cake. They're cutting it. They're putting on plates. The fork and everything will be all separated. Just go grab your piece or two if you're really hungry and then enjoy some space out here and don't feel like you got to run off. Maybe say a word or two to uh, Sydney. We'll put Sydney and mom and dad and brother. Why don't you guys make your way to the yellow tent and get underneath there. That way people can all see you there. And we just want to congratulate her and thank her and thank 
thank you, Dan, for coming. I appreciate that. Thank Brandon Schools. So appreciated them. Wanted to make sure that this got done. You want a picture, Mom? Mom wants a picture over there. And with that, we'll just play some music and let you enjoy Sydney Sunday. God bless. Have a great afternoon.